Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. My name is Caroline Chang, Chang and I am the host, your host. Um, the mission for Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to oneness, the universal truth of oneness. Um, science and spirituality are both telling us that we are literally all one. We're literally connected. What you do to another person, you do to yourself. And when the world awakens to this universal truth, there will be peace on earth. So that is the mission of uh, Awake to Oneness Radio. Tonight, our guest is Steve Farrell. He is the Worldwide Coordinating Director of Humanities Team. And Humanities Team and Awake to Oneness Radio has the same mission. Our, both our mission are to help to inspire the world to awake to the, to the concept of oneness. Um, Steve is here with us this evening, and he's going to tell us more about Humanities Team. Okay. Hi, Steve. Hi, Caroline. Thanks for having Hi. me. Hi. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, I meant to also mention to the audience that I first contacted Steve um, back in October of 2014. Um, I had created a video for Global Oneness Day, and that's uh, um, something Steve can tell you more about. But I first contacted Steve um, back in October and have been in communication and Facebook friends with Steve ever since. So thank you, thank you, Steve, so much. I'm so honored that you are here with us. And please tell us all about what Humanities Team is and what Humanities Team is up to right now. You bet. Well, thanks again, Carolyn, for having me. Gosh, Caroline, it's such a pleasure to be here. And as you mentioned, your the title of your radio show, Awake to Oneness Radio, you know, <laughs> the... Um, uh, the focus of humanity's team is awakening ourselves and the world to oneness. So we are completely aligned, and and of course, there's you know I imagine all of your listeners are aligned, and there's so many other people around the world, so many organizations aligned with this mission. Increasingly, it's becoming clear that oneness is ultimate reality. That um, we are. That science is saying this is true. Our own experiences of this are are are, uh, are saying that this is true. Um, ancient sacred text has been sharing this is true. Contemporary sacred text says it's true. Everything but uh, the media, <laughs> you know, and uh, and and uh, you know, I would say um, the uh, mainstream world is is saying it's true. As, as we know, we have a ways to go here um, with uh, with contemporary media and out in the mainstream world. But the good news is, is wow, you know, this unfolding is is palpable. We can all feel it. Day by day, we're becoming more awake ourselves, and our families are becoming more awake, our communities, the world. And there's so many people that are devoted to, uh, to really doing this work, to, to living it, which is the best way to extend the invitation, to live it to the best of our ability. That's what we do in Humanities Team. 
Um, that's what we see as our value proposition because there's so many wonderful authors and speakers, you know, including our founder, Neil Donald Walsh, who wrote the Conversations with God books. And, of course, those books are so powerful. They, uh, wow, they changed my life. They changed so many people's lives. And and uh, you've got in this one book, or there, there were actually nine Conversations with God books, there were... Neil posed these questions, and this uh, incredible wisdom with this incredible love responded, um, which was, we believe, the divine uh, God. But it wasn't just Neil's books. There, there are so many other books as well that go back to, uh, you know, the the Upanishads, the uh, the Vedas, um, the um, our own, you know, contemporary uh, sacred texts, the Old and New Testament, many references to oneness. And then, you know, I mentioned science as well. Uh, certainly there's so many contemporary scientists that are making it their work. They're devoted to this just as just as we are to uh, sharing these messages of oneness. But we can go all the way back over 80 years to Erwin Schrodinger, who was the Nobel Prize winner for physics in 1934, I think it was, 1933 or 34. He was the Nobel Prize winner for physics, and, and he says uh, that... Um, you know, the uh, the oneness is what is ultimate reality. He he said that uh, in a very in a very uh, straightforward way. So, so the work of humanities team is to live these messages to the best of our ability. And there are we have this global council that's all over the world. It's about 40 people, um, but there are so many more volunteers than that. Um, by the way, we ourselves are volunteers. We pay a very small salary to just a couple of people. Um, so basically all of us are uh, volunteers. We're, we're paid very little or not at all. Our expenses aren't even reimbursed at the present time. We're working to change that, <laughs> and I think we will. But that's, our, that's, uh, that's where we are at 11 years old, and uh, we've grown from about 800 people at our founding in Wilsonville, Oregon in 2003. The, June 2003, we were founded by Neil Donald Walsh. I was there with him and helped launch it, and some other people in the humanities team were there also. And we've grown today to over 100,000 people that we're in touch with in over 150 countries. Our um, email list is is about uh, 70,000. Uh, it was 80,000, but, you know, with spam controls and things, you have to let some people go that were in touch with you. And then our worldwide Facebook community is, is at about, uh, it's over 165,000 and growing by, you know, thousands a week. So uh, this um, just gives you a sense for the number of people we're in touch with. And, and we don't um, take credit for that. Um, Caroline, probably just like you with your radio show, we feel that we're just instruments of the divine that um, the, we, uh, through our collective prayer here on the planet, we've, we've uh, kind of called in, you know, this awakening. Uh, and uh, so now it's happening. It's unfolding day by day. And uh, all of us in humanities team, we're just kind of tapped on the shoulder, so to speak. We felt this calling to come in, to be involved, to devote our professional lives to this work and even our family lives. And uh, and here we are. There's so many things we're doing. We can talk about that during the hour. But Steve, can you share with the audience a little bit more uh, your personal story on how you um, – I know you mentioned the, the books, um, Conversations with God – um, kind of introduced you to um, the work, but can you tell us, share a little bit more of your personal story, how you got involved with uh, Humanities Team? 
You bet. Well, um, let me let me start by saying, um, you know, like so many people, um, I'm 57, uh, so I was, uh, you know, was going through high school in the 70s, uh, also college, uh, and like so many people uh, that uh, would be my peers, you know, I was raised in a single family environment. My mother raised uh, me and my sibling. There were seven of us, uh, and my mother worked full time. So if you can imagine that, you know, full time. A mom working full time and raising seven children. Whoa, um, that's amazing. So that was my uh, that was my experience. My mother, by the way, is on this path too, uh, and just a really beautiful and very strong person. Um, I um, moved to the West Coast right out of college and had a, a couple of jobs, um, and uh, one of them was with I worked for IBM. I got some really strong training there, and I was kind of in the right place at the right time, and I. Uh, started a couple of companies that were based in Silicon Valley um, in the 90s. And uh, I was, you know, absolutely in the right place at the right time. And and um, these little, uh, my first company was started with a partner. There were just two of us. And we grew it to about 150 people before we sold it to NEC, the Japanese uh, company. And then uh, we started another company as well. Uh, that was venture capital-backed. We grew that one to about 875 people. It was not so successful in many regards, but it was successful in that uh, we grew it quite large, and we were uh, in Europe, we were in the United States, we were setting up in Japan. But what happened to me personally in that time frame in the 90s when I was this entrepreneur based in Silicon Valley is I, um, I read Neil's books, Conversations with God, and, and, and other books also. And um, and just could see that um, you know the the real um, invitation for me was to was to see this what I'll call missing message that that um, there's one presence and it's the divine's presence you know this is this message that's is in all of these uh, texts that I've that we're talking about here uh, that there's one presence everything is connected we're interdependent interconnected and interrelated and. And uh, the one presence is the divine, which then means that everything, uh, the earth, the cosmos, uh, ourselves, humanity, that we're all embodiments of the divine, we're expressions of the divine. And uh, so I could see this, and um, I felt that uh, while I was living out the American dream, you know, uh, running these companies in Silicon Valley, the there was a cosmic dream, you know, that I could live out that was much more important and much more powerful and much more fulfilling. Um, and that is to really, you know, embrace this oneness and live it in all parts of my life. And so uh, I, uh, I, I had that uh, really overcome me in the 90s. I was the CEO and, and chairman of my first company. I was the chairman of the second company. And I was just going through this really deep and powerful and profound spiritual experience that just completely, you know, shook me right off of my feet. And um, and uh, to make a long story short, by 2001, I was so impacted by uh, this uh, and just so deep in the spiritual experience of the divine in life that I, I lost my passion for business. I uh, sold all of my um, interests in these companies that I was involved in. i at that time, I was invited to go on to some board of directors for some emerging companies, and I declined those offers because I wanted to give myself fully to this work of uh, awakening, you know, oneness, awakening this uh, this divine expression in, in life. And 
it started out as something very personal for me, but uh, as the years progressed with this, what I could see is it wasn't just uh, my missing message, it was our missing message, and that these uh, acute and chronic kinds of problems that we see in the world today could be healed in an instant if we awaken to who we really are and if we can feel this one presence and, 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 and feel, create this process where we go within and connect with the divine and create this communion experience. And, and then, of course, we're completely changed when that happens. That's why we're, we're all about awakening oneness, because as we know, when we walk through that door and when we, when we feel the divine's presence and, and um, feel that communion, communion state, then uh, we see with new eyes and we see the sacred in each person, uh, in the janitor, you know, in the homeless person, uh, in the president of the country. Uh, we see that in each person. We also see it in life. We see it in, in plant life. We see it in animal life. Uh, we see it in, in the Earth's atmosphere, you know, out into the stars. And, uh, of course, there, there's this tremendous equality. There's this tremendous uh, loving presence. There's this sacred um, embodiment aspect when we see this. And um, our lives, you know, no longer can it be about just making money, you know, and putting money in the bank and feeding our families. It, uh, now life becomes about something much richer than that. Wow. That is, that, wow. <laughs> Your story uh, is so touching because it's, you know, I, I guess we, I think everybody that has awakened to the truth of oneness has, has some a, a similar story or their own story along those lines. Um, I know for me, I'm, we're close. We're close in age. I just turned 53. Um, I have been studying spiritual books and metaphysical books since my teens. But the 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 real awakening to oneness, and that was it. That was the key when I really understood oneness, and it really resonated. It wasn't just an intellectual thing. It was a heartfelt thing. And that happened to me in actually 2007. Um, and it happened while I was watching the um, documentary film, What the Bleep. Um, and there were a lot of scientists talking in that film. And that, uh, that really got me, too, because I, that's the first time I knew or, or, or heard that science was actually proving these principles that I had been studying for many, many years. I was like, that blew me away. I'm like, what? <laughs> Science is really proving this? And But it was Lynn McTaggart's um, sentence. There was a sentence she said, um, the biggest problem in the world today is the illusion of separateness. And it just, it was like a light bulb went off inside of me. And when I really understood that internally, Everything changed for me. Everything made sense. Things I was confused about, everything made sense. Neil Don, the Conversations with God's book, um, um, Power of Now, all these books that I was struggling with before, once I understood oneness, everything I read made sense. <laughs> so I, you know, you sharing your story about leaving the uh, corporate world, and, and for me, I I worked in the corporate world for a little while, but I've never felt comfortable <laughs> in the corporate world. I always seek to find something more artistic or creative to do um, that that fed my soul more. I've kind of always been along that path where corporate, I, I'll work in the corporate world for a little bit to 
like you said, to pay the bills. But it was never my 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 passion. And like, and once I did awaken to oneness, um, I just felt like it just like you said, once the world uh, has that experience, and when everybody in the world has that awakening, and I I say awakening because I believe we are all divine, and we all do know this, um, but we don't remember. So we have to awake to this truth, and once we awaken to this truth, there will be peace on earth because you won't want to harm another person or, or an animal or anything because you know all living things are connected and all living things are a part of you. And um, so it's just so so wonderful that you shared that story with our listeners because people of all walks of life can see how they're connected. You know, um, like you said, the homeless person on the street is no different than the President of the United States. Spiritually, we're all connected. We're all divine. So, <laughs> that thank you so much. Um, and can you also tell us more about what um, uh, Humanities Team is doing? Like, I know they're globally located, and the different events, like like Global Oneness Day. That's kind of how I got in touch with you. You bet. Before I do that, um, one of um, We've got humanities team leaders listening into one of them uh, made a suggestion that I just share mm-hmm. a little more on the personal front, um, and maybe then I can come over to humanities team. Okay. But one of the things yes. that's really beautiful about this process of, um, of of our selves awakening is there's so many miracles, you know, that happen when we become devoted to this work. And, you know, that could be its own show, <laughs> talking mm-hmm. about the miracles. Um one of the miracles that happened uh, during my journey was was uh, was rather shocking, actually, um, and it uh, it began the awakening process even before I read the Conversations with God books. It went all the way back into the early 80s. I was right out of college, and um, I was in Silicon Valley. I was working for uh, uh, a financial services company, and I um, I had a fairly senior level role for being a young person. And uh, so I was working, you know, really hard weekends and things. Um, and um, what happened is I mentioned I had the six sibling, um, and one of them, my uh, sister Maureen, who was next in line after me, I was the third oldest, she was the fourth oldest, and she called me and uh, said, oh, Steve, I'm getting married, and I, I would just love for you to come to my wedding. And... Um, you know, as, as uh, crazy as this sounds, I said, oh, well, I hope I can, you know, make your wedding. Uh, these days I'm working most weekends, and uh, so, gosh, I'll, you know, I'm going to try and see if I can uh, schedule that, but I'm not 100% sure, <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> you imagine that, yeah. somebody's saying something yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, um, I had a, I had um, a dream that night uh, where I was just shaken, um, there, I've had fewer than five dreams like this in my whole life where I was literally shaken uh, to the core because there was this incredibly real dream of Marine dying um, that, that, I, that happened that night. And it was so real and so scary that um, I wasn't even sure she was alive when I picked up the phone and called her the next morning. And uh, sure enough, she was alive and said, oh, you know, Steve, you know, what are you doing calling back? And and I said, well, I'm calling to say, God, I wouldn't miss your wedding, you know, for anything in the world. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm so excited about planning to come. And uh, her, her wedding was um, 
a couple, uh, two or three months later, and I went, and, and uh, of course, it was so amazing. Uh, the house we grew up in is where the reception was, and uh, had such an incredible time, and of course, took lots of really wonderful pictures. Um, and that was the last time I saw Maureen, because she did die uh, shortly after that wedding. Oh, and, oh my um, goodness. I was so um, just, I, I, you know, really searched for meaning in that, to understand, you know, how did that happen, that, uh, you know, that whole sequence with the dream and going to the wedding, etc. And and this was where I realized that um, deep in my heart, I, I um, you know, if I were to go back, trace my, um, tell you more about my upbringing, I, I have loved d- dearly God, um, you know, in a spiritual sense, and have felt God as my friend and uh, supporter and, you um, you know, and that, uh, and just, I, I, you know, somehow uh, had called in that favor, if you will, where God, um, you know, did this incredible, really brought me a miracle, you know, in the dream. And, um, mm-hmm. and so I, I my uh, values shifted, um, you know, I, I, uh, even though I went on to have, you know, great professional success, I was more balanced, I was more, uh, you know, building my life around priority, more aware of family and friends and God. And um, so, and there were there are many other miracles that have happened uh, outside of that. And I, you know, the the theme here is, is you know, consciously or unconsciously when we, as, as is stated, you know, when we give unto the kingdom of, of heaven, that all things are given unto us. And mm-hmm. um, just will say that is so true for me. I've been so, you know, I have, in fact, given my life. To this work, uh, mm-hmm. but um, the you know the kingdom has given it right back and has right. protected me, guided me, supported me. In this case, you know, just really uh, pulled a, a big cross right off my back. Wow, that is so. And it's so. It's so. Uh, there are no coincidences, but it's so in- coincidental. You should bring that passage about uh, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Because um, I was just thinking about that passage oh, less, maybe two hours ago. Um, I was thinking about seeking first the kingdom of heaven and how Jesus told us where heaven was. He said, the kingdom of heaven is within. And um, I, I was just thinking that uh, um, about two hours ago, that um, the, the, it's not about a particular religion. Um, Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all things will be added unto you. And then he said, Told you where it was. He told you where to find it. <laughs> he said, The kingdom of heaven lies within each of us, you know. And um, so, and I was just thinking that same passage. But the, and, and you're, you're mentioning miracles. Um, uh, I, I definitely had witnessed a, a miracle myself in December of 2011 when doctors said my, my son was not going to live, and I tried to take my life. Um, it was December. It was Christmas time. Uh, the hospital was on 34th Street, and I witnessed the miracle on 34th Street that Christmas, that December of 2011. Um, my I went home, and my son went went home. Um, so that that miracle, I like you said, when you experience a miracle like that, you can't. It changes your life forever because you you can't 
ever forget that miracle that God just gave you. Um, even when my son did get ill again this past year in 2014, in April of 2014, when he went back into the hospital, um, the first thing I said to God is thank you. Thank you for the extra three years. Yes, I was hoping that he'd come back home um, with me again, but I had to be thankful in that moment that God gave me an extra three years with my son. Um, so uh, miracles, uh, and think that we're, you and I are just talking about big miracles, um, but there are little miracles that happen to us every day that a lot of times we don't notice. You know, uh, miracles are happening every day. And to to open our eyes to the miracle of each and every moment, like you said, just noticing um, a flower or, you know, going out in, a, in nature, taking a walk and noticing the beauty of nature, that's a miracle in itself. And and a lot of times we just, we, we get so busy and so wrapped up in the worldly things um, we forget to really take notice of the miracle of life every moment of the day. So that's a beautiful so true. story. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's well, thank you. Story. And that's, that's really, boy, um, you know, that's a beautiful story you're sharing where and such an incredibly mature uh, attitude to, you know, thank God as you did, you know, for the three more years because, as you know, you know, uh, Boy, when you lose a child, uh, it's easy to go down the victim path of well, mm-hmm. I still lost him, and and uh, you you didn't do that, and boy, you know that's that is a really really hard thing to do. So, um, but uh, I'm sure you you know could see that it was this this soul was called to do this in a life and had accomplished that, and now was going back you know to the other side exactly. having accomplished his mission. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. it takes incredible maturity to. Uh, to see that, uh, so I, I applaud you. And um, yes, you know, you're saying you know the little miracles and things that I think we, you know, awakening oneness. We have to become our own coach because um, I, I I see myself. You know, there's so many times where you you're in a sense saying this moment isn't good enough, or I don't like this moment. You know, we have to take out the trash, or your son or daughter is upset, or you have to go to something you don't necessarily want to go to where you come into this feeling of I don't you know where you, again it's this I don't like this moment I want to throw this moment away you know um, and, and it can be more than a moment it can be financial situations it can be health uh, things that are going on and on other kinds of relationship things there, there's so many things that it could be where um, we can fall into this sense of feeling victimhood but um, of course, the you know God and the universe can't respond when we come from that place. If uh, we've got to mm-hmm. always, we've got to work, be our own coach, so to you know, in, in, a, in a sense, and always be turning it around. And when something negative comes on, I don't like this moment. Well, you know, up, um, there I go, there I go again. You know, and, mm-hmm. and come back into just looking out the window and oh, the beautiful blossoms, the the sunshine. You know, my home, exactly. uh, my family. Yes. You know. And, uh, mm-hmm. and just staying in that state of grace and gratitude. And uh, and then and, and when we do that, then God can just pour it in, and the guidance yes. in, the support in, and so on. And uh, so we really have to work to stay in that place always because we're not good to ourselves and others when we're not in that place. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I, I agree with you 100%. One of the things I do for me um, when, I, when I'm experiencing a moment that I, I would say I don't prefer, I remind myself that I created that. The, the moment that I'm in that I, is not my preferable moment, I remind myself I created it. I created it, my higher self, my soul created this moment for a reason. And whatever reason, I may not in my human consciousness be able to see or know the reason, but I, have, I own that. I own that. I created this, my higher self, my soul, my God self created this moment for a reason, and it's, a good, it's for my good, no matter how horrible it seems. That moment is for my good. It's for my to 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 awaken to something, to remember something new, to it's 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 for my good. Um, like count it all joy. It, um, all all I always say it's all good, and I mean that when I say it. And the funny thing about that, I always said even before my awakening, I would that was my catchphrase. It's all good. It's all good. And I said it before I actually knew it. And then I knew then when I came to know that it's all good, I was like, wow, I've, I've always said that. But now I know it's all good because whatever happening in my, my experience, it's for my good. Count it all joy. And um, so I, that's one of the things that helps me, brings me, you know, when I'm, I, I'm like, oh, I don't like this, but wait a second. <sighs> Let me go back to ultimate reality. It's all good. And it's for my good. That's what I do to remind myself. Wow. We do have a caller. Um, caller from nine, um, 970 area code. Uh, you're on the line. Hello. Hi. Hello, Caroline. It's Nanette. Hi, Steve. Hi, Nanette. Hi there, Nanette. And I pronounced it, I pronounced it correctly this week. <laughs> yes. Well, I didn't hear you pronounce it incorrectly last week, but... I am so um, brought in by, I know Steve's story about his sister and hearing your story about your child. And I had a similar experience with my son who's now 20. Um, I was told when he was nine that I needed to hang on for the ride because he probably wasn't going to make through a disease that he had. And... I thank God every day that I was on a path of oneness and being awakened. And when I was told this news, I remember getting down on my knees and begging, begging God, please, anything, anything, but not this, as any parent would be. And I had this incredible epiphany while I was on my knees. And I just heard this voice in my head that said, you may not get what you want, Mm. you know, what what you think is supposed to be. And I am blessed that he made it through this disease, but I know what it's like to be on bended knee and Mm. asking and saying, you know, anything, anything, anything in the whole world. And what got me through that was knowing what you said, Caroline, about everything happens for a reason. 
and and if that was the precipice that I was upon, that I was going to somehow have to survive, because it was the only time in my entire life that I thought this could be the thing that makes me do myself in. Mm-hmm. And well, you, your story. You know, I've, I've been there. I, I'm not sure if you're aware. I did when when I was told in 2011 my son was not going to make it. I did try to take my life. Um, so I'm not sure if you were aware of that, but uh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Because that was, a, I was like, no, I can't. And I, I was awakened because I, I, I had my awakening in 2007 to oneness. But this happened in 2011, and I'm like, okay, I can't take this. This is, no, 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 no. I am not burying my son. And I wrote that. I am not burying my son. My son is going to bury me. And I was in a hospital waiting room, all, uh, uh, not on the same floor where he was. I was uh, several floors up in a little waiting room where nobody ever was. So that's why I went into this private waiting room and took a bottle of, of over-the-counter sleeping pills. Um, I Honestly, I wish I could have a near-death experience remembering of what happened to me during that time. I believe... Uh, and this is just from my spiritual belief. I believe Kyle and I met because he was in a he was in a coma, um, unresponsive, and I was trying to take my life. And I believe we met in the clouds and and decided, okay, let's go back and try to you know work this out <laughs> better. But um, mm-hmm. I I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly the feeling of I cannot. I cannot, and I, when I woke up uh, in the, um, what was I, in the ICU or ER, um, I, when I woke up, I couldn't believe I was still here. I was like, no, oh, no, wait, <laughs> I'm not supposed to be here. So I, I understand exactly how you felt on your knees that day. And um, but Let me just yes. say, too, um, uh, well, first of all, Nanette is a, is a dear friend, one of the key leaders in humanities team, so it's nice to have her here, and um, but uh, relating to what we're talking about, this oneness is, um, you know, I think pr- these prayers are so powerful when we really uh, are feeling oneness and that, that God that we're praying to is is right inside, you know, not distant somewhere, you know, where uh, where they're just kind of where we're perceiving they're saying, well, now should I answer this prayer or not, you know, which is the old way but rather mm-hmm. the new way of, you know, this, this God that I'm praying to is in my interior, you know, and in my, in, in the next case, uh, in their son's interior, yours also, Caroline. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and so it's a real, we're praying into the one presence, you know, that uh, ourselves, our, our son, um, you know, my uh, sister who died, we're, we're, they're all right in the one presence. And I think our prayers are so powerful when, when that's, where we're coming from, you know, we're we're really connecting directly with the divine and 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 each other in the prayer, um, as mm-hmm. opposed to uh, feeling like uh, we're praying to some deity way off somewhere that's saying yes and no. Mm-hmm. I totally agree, and one of the things I think that came to me that day, where I was on bended knee, was that understanding that. I may not get the answer I want. And that to me was, and this may sound strange, but it was kind of comforting. It was like, you know, you may not yeah. get it, um, but I, I hear you. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that's mm-hmm. I think that's the the really positive thing about being on a spiritual path where you think, no, 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 this is, you know, I can't deal with this. And I just felt this calming thing that said, you know, just don't worry. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you'll yeah. get through this. And um, anyway, I love your show, Caroline, and Steve, I love you, <laughs> and you, you know that. Thank and, um, you. Love you back, friend. Okay, have a happy, happy show. Oh, okay. thank you so okay. much. And thank you again right. for calling. Thank you. Bet. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Um, um, hey, Steve. You know, um, oh, Caroline, you, you'd what? asked me earlier to go into Humanities Team Programs, and I, right. I kind of you turned back into my own That's story. Okay. But no, um, no, if no you no want, problem. I can um, you know, kind of set the stage for Humanities Team, which Nanette is part of, and, and so yes. many uh, leaders. Uh, Dee Meyer, who's also here in Colorado, and um, um, Melissa Pori, who's our chief financial here in Colorado, and uh, Carrie Beach, who runs our IT here in Colorado. Again, our global council is about 40 people who are mm-hmm. all just deeply, deeply devoted to this work. And one of the things I wanted to say about it, um, you know, I, I mentioned the whole aspect of being a living invitation, which is what you were addressing also, Caroline, in your remarks of being a living invitation. Uh, but another important thing I wanted to get to is um, oneness is is a beautiful experience. Is you know the uh, it's it's a deeply there's this deeply experiential dimension. I mentioned communion with God. You know, really really beautiful. Um, we have all of those things in humanity's team, but we're we're here uh, in humanity's team uh, as a movement, and and movements get things done. Movements are focused <laughs> on more than just the inner journey, the inner communion. Uh, the inner beauty, you know, the inner love, uh, loving feeling. Um, we do experience all of those things. That's our starting point. Without that starting point, we really wouldn't go anywhere. We couldn't be a living invitation. But uh, it's the starting point only. Um, spirituality also always has the second dimension of the tangible, you know, the the street. And, boy, do we have that. Um, we... we uh, are devoted in humanities team to awakening oneness within a generation. Uh, by the way, that's not, um, you know, we don't see that as, oh, humanities team, you know, is just going to go and do that, awaken the earth, the world to oneness in a generation. No, we, what we, it, what, where that comes from is where we feel that this is what the divine is doing. The divine is inviting this, uh, uh, us individually, collectively, to awaken. Uh, we feel that, and so we're embracing that message. We're saying, yes, this can happen within a generation. Um, and we've got all of these programs that are focused on just taking our processes, our institutions, and our organizations that today are based on separation and uh, mm-hmm. adjusting them, changing them, moving them, progressing them in the direction of new processes, institutions and organizations that are based on oneness with the divine and each other. And it's, it's a whole different world when... As we know, yeah. you know, Barbara Marks Hubbard has her uh, uh, 12 sectors or spheres of life, you know, so we can isolate each part of life. We can look at just health care or just education, mm-hmm. you know, um, just environment. And it's actually valuable. We've, one of our programs is what we call Oneness in the 12 Spheres of Life. We do it with Barbara Marks Hubbard each month, and we go deep on a topic. For example, this coming month is health, and Joan mm-hmm. Borisinko used to teach medicine at Harvard Medical School, 
uh, and who left to become a, a, an, an author and speaker on the subject of the new spirituality in healthcare will be our uh, our guest, and we'll talk about in healthcare where are we today? How does it work today? What does that meme look like? You know, uh, and as we know, it's uh, it's very much of a disease uh, management system here in uh, in the Western world as opposed to a real healthcare system that's proactive. Um, but there there are emerging models. There's a lot of good things that are happening. Joan will talk about those. Uh, Barbara's on the call. She'll talk about them. Anna Marie Petiers, who's another humanities team leader, will be on the call, and we'll talk about them. And and um, we talk about this: the old meme of, you know, in this case, disease management, the new meme, which is real health and well-being, and uh, how we can put those these uh, just give more. Um, growth and more support to these emerging models, these emerging organizations that uh, are based on oneness. So that's just one of our many programs. We can talk about others, but, um, but we're, we're really, um, it's deeply important to us to be involved in, in real um, change and, and helping to hospice these old organizations that, don't real, that are based on uh, the illusion of separation and helping to grow and support uh, these emerging organizations that are based on oneness, that, that's, that's uh, critically important to us. And, in, and when we talk about um, awakening oneness in a generation, that's how it will happen, is we have to reach out into our communities, we have to reach out worldwide with others and help make that happen. Wow, wonderful. Awesome. That is so so awesome that I know that you, our humanities team is working globally, and and the work you do is Awesome, fantastic. Tell us a little bit more about Global Oneness Day. That's because that's another um, how kind of how I found Humanities Team was through Global Oneness Day. Oh yes, well that's our that's our biggest spiritual activism event of the year, um, and uh, the story of that is is back in 2008 we um, decided to create a oneness petition. Um, the, our idea was that we were going to invite people all over the world to sign this petition that uh, requested a, a, uh, a global oneness day. And we were going to uh, create 50,000 signatures from as many countries as we could. And then we were going to go to the United Nations. And we were going to request that the United Nations create a global oneness day. Well, as I mentioned, the petition started in 2008. By the spring of 2010, we had gathered uh, 52,000 signatures, so our global council, again, almost all volunteer, flew into New York City at its own expense. We met uh, with the United Nations there in uh, New York City. Uh, Ambassador Anwal Chowdhury was our host. Um, we presented the 52,000 signatures to him, and um, he said something really uh, remarkable. He said, until there is a sense of solidarity, which he defined as oneness, among the peoples of the world, all of our efforts for peace and security will go nowhere. So basically, mm-hmm. if, if you you know stop and really sit with that uh, sentence, uh, what he's saying is that in the United Nations and elsewhere in the NGOs and governance organizations around the world, that nothing's going to happen. You know, there'll be no peace and there'll be no security until there's solidarity, uh, which is an expression of oneness. And, and Pope... Mm-hmm. Uh, Francis also talks a lot about solidarity, um, awakening solidarity. So um, he said this is incredibly important. He said 196 countries are, are represented here at the United Nations. And he said, candidly, 
um, we're not going to have a global oneness day anytime soon if you leave your petition here and expect us to create a global oneness day. So uh, how about you, you know, humanities team, create a global oneness day and, uh, you know, continue your drive for signatures? And so we, uh, we all flew home and we convened a conference call and we said, yes, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to create the, a global oneness day. We, uh, we created it on United Nations Day, which is October mm-hmm. 24th. This is our sixth mm-hmm. year. In that first year, we created a conference call that could only hold 1,000 people. And so we had uh, 1,000 people on and uh, a, an incredible uh, phone call with all of our uh, volunteer grassroots leaders from around the world. And also uh, Neil Donald Walsh, Barbara Marks Hubbard, uh, some other people were on that call with us. Um, then the next year, we, uh, we did a, uh, the next two years, we created Global Oneness Day with a shift network, Stephen Dynan. Um, he uh, helped tremendously. We grew uh, it to about 25,000 people in its third year. Um, the next two years after that, we uh, convened Global Oneness Day with the Association for Global New Thought, and that's uh, Barbara Fields is the executive director. Michael Beckwith is the president, and we grew it to about 50,000 uh, physical and uh, summit attendees in the fifth year, which is last year. This year, our sixth year, we're uh, – looking for uh, 60,000 plus people to participate. Um, amazing authors and speakers who are volunteering their time, who are coming in and participating in Global Oneness Day. Um, um, Archbishop Tutu is creating a video for Global Oneness Day. Uh, Panash Desai, Ken Wilbur, Doreen Virtue, Lynn McTaggart, Irvin Laszlo, Gene Houston, Andrew Harvey, um, Patricia Cota Robles, Steve Behrman, Barbara Fields, Ronaldo Bretoco, um, Thomas Hubel, uh, Jennifer McLean, Stephen Dynan. I could go on and on. You know, there are, are so many speakers. Uh, and I got to about half of them there, but you get a sense for uh, Nassim Harriman, uh, Elizabeth Santoris. Um, so these are, are just a few of the uh, speakers that have signed up. And what it is is it's over a 12-hour program. It starts at 8.15 in the morning. It goes till 8.30 at night. Uh, there are panels each hour. So there's a science panel. There's a world leaders panel. There's a philosopher's panel. That's Ken Wilber. Uh, there's a, there are spirituality panels. There's an entertainment panel. There's a caring for our earth home panel. So more panels than that, but that gives you a sense. And leaders from each of those domains comes in during the panel, and they talk about oneness in their particular sphere of life. And the amazing mm-hmm. thing, Caroline, because uh, this is our sixth year, so we've done this uh, you know, five times already, is basically at the end of the day when you're um, just distilling you know, the wisdom that's shared from the 12-hour day, um, they've all basically said the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the scientists <laughs> are saying the same thing that the spiritual yeah. leaders are saying, and Ken Wilber is saying the exact same thing from philosophy. They're all mm-hmm. saying the same thing. And, and they're amazing yeah. people. You know, Gene Houston and Urban Lazo and Ken Wilber and all these people, Rick, uh, Michael Beckwith, Ricky Beckwith, all of these people. Yeah. And so, you know, the stature of these people, the, the credibility of these people, the, the leadership of these people, you know, and, and for them all to say, you know, my God, we're all one with the divine in each other. And and so you walk away from that and you say, you know, my God, why are we not, 
moving yes. much more rapidly than we are, you know, into these new mm-hmm. business models and new healthcare models, you know, and stewarding the environment and all of these things. That that's the thing that you're left with. Yes. Wow. And um I also want to point out because a lot of people I think are under the misconception that oneness is like a new religion. It's not a religion at all. Like you said, it's science and philosophy and and spirituality, everything um, points to the fact that we are literally all one. And I, I liken it to when mankind thought the world was flat, you know. And if you would say in those days, no, the world I think might be round, they'd look at you like you're crazy. So um, I'm, I believe maybe not in my day or, uh, or I'm not sure when, I believe one day mankind as a whole will know that we are all one. You know, it's, it, we're evolving to that point. And once we, we reach that point, then we know there will be peace on earth. But um, to me, it, it's not a religion. So I, I, I kind of try to have to impress upon people. We're not trying to teach a new religion or start a new religion. It's nothing of that nature. It's talking about the fact that we literally... We're all divine. We're all connected. We're all one, and like, and it's not just spirituality. It's science. It's philosophy. It's in every aspect of uh, the universe, telling us that we're one. So that that is uh, really um, I love, uh, and I love the fact that with the internet and with being able to um, listen to the 12, even if you can't listen to the 12 hours, just sit there and listen to 12 hours of speaking in one day. You can listen to parts of it, you know, at another time, a later time. That's what that's what I love about um, this radio show, um, podcast, because people don't have to listen to this show live to hear it. They can go to my website, go to Blog Talk Radio, and they can hear this show anytime in any country, anywhere. So the Internet is another wonderful um, tool to help spread um, and to help awaken the world to, to oneness. This is just, it's so awesome. It really is. Uh, I think that's Absolutely. why when I, when I had, I had my, insp- I was telling you earlier, I had my inspiration to do this show um, to, and to also start a nonprofit foundation in my son's honor, the Kyle Foundation. Now, my son's name is Kyle, um, but the Kyle Foundation actually stands for Keep Your Light Expanding. So using the letters of his name, um, I, I'm starting a, a nonprofit foundation in his honor um, and Awake to Oneness. Both these ideas came to me in the middle of the night in January, on January 7th, and I had no idea of how to start <laughs> a, a radio show or how to start a nonprofit foundation, but Spirit told me, just do it. And I, I'm just being obedient to what Spirit is telling me because I know I don't need to see the end results. I just need to take that first step. And I think I've done that. So um, it's it's so wonderful that um, you came on and you're sharing what Humanities Team is is doing. What's coming up? Like I know you guys have 
uh, different calls and events coming up each week. What's coming up this this week for humanity? Yeah, Please. let me mention a couple things, Caroline. Um, one is we've got uh, something called the Year-Round Living in Oneness Summit that we do. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. if you go to the Humanities Team website, it's Humanities Team with a Y, humanitiesteam.org. It's one word, humanitiesteam.org. And um, if you go to that website, you'll see uh, the mentions of the year-round Living in Oneness Summit at the bottom. It actually says upcoming events down there at the bottom of the website. You can go in and you can click and register on uh, Tuesday uh, this coming week. You, uh, Nanette Kennedy just called in. She and Dee Meyer are some of the hosts of the Living in Oneness Summit. And James von Prock, you know, who, uh, of course, is this great, you know, channel to the other side is our guest. Mm-hmm. Um, that's 1 o'clock uh, Mountain, 12 o'clock Pacific, this coming Tuesday, the 21st. Uh, so that'll be an incredible program. And then on um, Thursday at uh, 8.30 Pacific, 9.30 Mountain, we've got um, Zen Brook, who uh, has got the Zen in a Moment site. And so this whole aspect of going within and communing with the divine and, and um, really getting in touch with how we're being guided and supported always uh, from our interior uh, we'll be discussing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are the two calls this coming week. They're calls um, almost every week, often, you know, like next week, more than one call. So if you go to the upcoming events section on the Humanities Team site, you'll see it. The other thing I'll mention um, is we created something called Community Circle because there are people all over the world that are awakening to oneness, and it can, you can feel a little alone, you know, uh, because mm-hmm. most people's neighbors uh, and family aren't always supportive of oneness. So we created this community called Community Circle. Um, it's virtual uh, for that uh, involves people all over the world. And we've, uh, if you go to the Humanities Team website at the top, there's a little green button that says Join Us. When you click on it, you go in. You can see all of the content of our summits from last year and years before and this year. All of the content is um, available free to people that are part of Community Circle. We're running a, a little two-week uh, free trial now, so you can hear all of the content. We also have a private Facebook page where we support each other. Uh, we have dedicated calls for the Community Circle members, all of these things. If you decide you want to stay in Community Circle, it's $10 a month. Uh, we intentionally set it quite low. You know, it's even, uh, we're, we're, it, we're actually even bigger outside of the United States than in the U.S. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, many people are struggling uh, financially uh, in right. this country, but even more so, you know, in other countries. Budgets are tight, so we set it down low at $10 a month, which most people can't afford. And um, it's a way to just remain connected to all of these messages of oneness from so many different domains um, and to support each other, you know, in our families uh, for the $10 a month. So that's a a really uh, exciting program as well that we've uh, launched inside a humanities team. Wow, I, I understand exactly what you mean when you say people that are awakening to oneness and not really feeling that family or friend support. Uh, like I said, in 2007, when I watched What the Bleep and I lit- I was awakened, I shared it with everybody. Like, you got to watch this. you got to watch it. I, everybody I know, you have to watch What the Bleep. And uh, a few of my friends watched it, and they're like, uh, we're not getting it. Uh, what are you so excited? <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I understand exactly what you mean about when a person awakes to oneness and doesn't feel 
that family or community or close-knit support from family and friends. I've definitely been there. So that is is wonderful that you are creating that community um, online for people that where they don't they don't feel lost. They don't feel um, the separateness. Actually, because one of the first, the last things, I'm sorry, the last thing my son said to me before he went, he was going into major surgery, and that was the last time he was able to talk to me, um, is he said to me, Mom, I don't want you to wait alone. Um, I was the only one there at the hospital. Um, it was major heart surgery, and so we knew it was going to be many hours, and um, I, I waited in the waiting room by myself physically, but I knew I wasn't alone. And I said to him um, at his funeral, um, I know I'm never alone. I may be in a room by myself, but I know I'm never alone. I know I'm surrounded by my spirit guides, by angels. I know that I'm always supported by spirit. So, um, so I know how people must feel when they're in a room alone, or sometimes you can feel alone in a house full of people, <laughs> you know. You could have this awakening to oneness and your rest of your family doesn't get it yet, and so you could feel alone in a house full of people. So uh, that's beautiful that there's a community online that people can go to and connect. It's really, really wonderful. Um, I'd like to share, um, Steve, did you want to share anything else before? I just wanted to share about our upcoming shows that are coming up. Um, we have next Friday, um, we have, um, okay, my notes, okay, <laughs> I'm sorry, next Friday, uh, April 24th, we have Pasan Takar, who is the author of God Equals MC Square, Getting Spirituality Down to a Science. I think that I love the title of the book. And on um, Friday, May 1st, you mentioned her name many times. Barbara Mark Hubbard will be our guest on Awake to Oneness Radio. Um, she is the founder of Conscious Evolution, the Foundation for Conscious Evolution, and we will be discussing her revived edition of her book, Conscious Evolution. And on um, Friday, May 8th, our guest will be Reverend Michael Beckwith founder of the Agape International Spiritual Center. Michael is a very well-known spiritual speaker and leader. He speaks um, at the Oneness, um, Global Oneness Day, uh, and he will be, be our guest on um, May 8th. So I am just so, so thankful for all my guests. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Annette, for calling in. Um, I'm thankful for all my guests because um, I couldn't do it without you. <laughs> I, I want um, our goal is the same: to help, um, inspire, to awaken the world to oneness, and we need each other to do that. So mm-hmm. wonderful. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank Steve? you so much for having me, Caroline, okay. and God speak to your work and to your listeners, and uh, together we can and we are, huh? Yes. Yes, we are. Thank you. You have a good night. Enjoy the rest okay. of your evening. Thank okay. you, dear friend. You too, and all of your listeners. Thank- have a great weekend. Take care. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> 